morning and welcome to Cedar Valley Church Online. My name's Jenny. And I'm Ellie. And we're here to get the service started for you this morning. If this is your first time here, a special welcome to you. We'd love to get you to know you better if, and be a help if any way we can. Give us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca. And we'd love to have you stay informed about all the things that are happening at the church and in our community. So be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and sign up online for our email newsletter. If you'd like to get one on paper, then just let the office know. Giving. We are so thankful for your ongoing support for the work of the ministry of Cedar Valley Church through your time, prayers, service, and financial generosity. It all goes to make our weekly ministries, programs, and connect connection to our community happen. If you'd like to give, you can do so online at cedarvalley.ca slash give. Thank you. Thanks again. And as far as this month, we've got a few things coming up that we want you to know about. Uh, first of all, we wanted to mention that uh, for Cedar Valley Kids, which happens Sunday morning during the service and Wednesday evenings at 6.30, we do need some help. We actually have, we need leaders for Sunday morning, um, but we actually have leaders for our Wednesday evening programs, but we need helpers in each classroom group. And it's really easy. Ellie's been one, one of our helpers. And is it hard or easy? It's easy. Yeah, there you go. It's Good really answer. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> easy and fun. Yeah. Exactly. It is fun to be a part of the kids. And the kids' programs are so important to us. We really want to make sure that we give the kids a good foundation of the Bible and God's love and come be a part of that. It's really amazing to be a part of it. Also, volunteers are still needed for youth. So keep that in mind. And if you're willing, then please let Pastor Grant know. And then for tonight, there is a church meeting here at the church at 7 o'clock. We will be discussing church governance and bylaws, as well as a new preschool proposal. So please be here at seven o'clock tonight. Halloween is near, and we have a great, great way to help you involve, be involved in your community. We've got a tent, hot chocolate, and candies to, for you to set up on your driveway or street. Just let us know. That sounds fun. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and most every evening, there is something great happening here at the church. If you're looking for a way to be engaged during the week or looking for a workshop or a support group or just a service opportunity, please be in touch, let us know, and we'd love to chat with you and help you find what's a good fit for you. We're gonna be getting the service started here shortly by being led in a time of worship sync. There'll be lyrics on the screen and we invite you to join wherever you are. And then after that, we're gonna have a great video all about packing a shoebox for Operation Christmas Child. Um, and Cedar Valley kids, if you're watching this, I want to challenge you to draw and color a Christmas picture that can be included in the box along with the toys and um, necessities that, are, that will be packed in the box for a special boy or girl that will be receiving it this Christmas. And if you didn't get a box, if you haven't got a box yet, you might have got one Wednesday night when you were here, but if you haven't, then please come to the church and grab a box or two and fill them this year. Then Pastor Doug is bringing us a message in our mission, and mission, vision, and value series. Today our theme is authentic living. How am I living in a consistent Christ-centered life with others? That sounds great. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Let's open in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, we are grateful for who you are, for the amazing God that you are, that you are in control of the whole universe and yet you care about every detail of our individual lives. We thank you for that love, that unconditional love that you have for us. And we're grateful. 
I pray for each one in our congregation that is struggling physically. May you step in and allow healing to occur. There's so many struggling, and so we pray for you to undertake for their needs, those that we know about and those that we haven't even heard about yet. God, we ask that you step in and, and encourage where it's needed. Help us to be an encouragement. Give us opportunity to help out where we can. Bless our congregation as we learn more about you today. Give us open ears, open hearts, open minds to listen to what you have to say to us. Please speak to us through your word. We want to be open and willing to hear. And may what we hear make, make uh, us willing to make changes in our lives in order to draw closer to you, become more like you. And Father, we pray that as a community, as a church community, that we can reach out and be a light for you. Allow us opportunities to do that and give us boldness where that's needed. Father, we thank you for your many blessings. Be with us this morning as we listen to your word and speak into our hearts. We pray this in your name. Amen. Great, and now for a little question. Since fall has arrived, uh, there's a lot of fun fall activities, but um, if you think about some of the fun things you've done over the years, when or was the last time or how old were you when the last time was that you jumped into a massive pile of fall leaves? Well, a couple weeks ago, we were at West Heights and we, there's a bunch of like really good leaves there, like orange and yellow and kind of brownish. So pretty. Yeah, so we like gather them up every year and we take pictures. Yeah. That's It fun. wasn't that big, but it was pretty big. Okay, that's great. <laughs> well, that's good. Gathering leaves, raking leaves in, in some other property that's not even your yard, that's even better yet. We, we should have realized we should have rang a rake. So we ended up just doing it with our hands. Okay. I'm like, yeah, we should bring a rake. <laughs> awesome. And how about you? When was the, How old were you when the last time was that you jumped into a big pile of leaves?
Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cedar Valley kids, it is great to see you again today. Hey, question. Do you know how many days till Christmas? Have you got that one figured out already? Are you marking days off in the calendar? Well, by my calculations, it's 62. So, may seem like a long ways away, but there's things to do to get ready for Christmas. This year, we've got a few really cool things that we're going to do. One, you're going to get to make some really special Christmas cards that we're going to deliver to some of the seniors that live in Mission. You did it last year, we're going to do it again. It was so good. Another thing, starting in December, you're going to every day get to take a food item, put it in a box, and then on Christmas Eve, we're going to the food bank and dump off loads of our food that we've been stacking up all month. But, because these boxes have to get on a plane and a ship and trucks and start their journey early for Christmas, we're starting on our shoe boxes. So, check out this video, it's great. Seeing a child open the boxes for the first time is just, it's incredible. There's squeals and screams, and they are so excited to see what's inside their box. Oh my goodness! Every shoebox gifts represents the love of God to them. We are so excited. Many of the children receive the shoeboxes for the first time in their life. We're here with Operation Christmas Child. The kids are so excited. We had the opportunity to hand out some of the boxes. There's so much joy, so much happiness, and it gives us an opportunity to present the gospel. We pray that these boxes will be used to bring a lot of happiness and joy, but more importantly, the gospel to each heart, all these little children around the world. What a great gift. I get a present, I get to know who Jesus is, but not only that, I get to be discipled in his ways. Hundreds of thousands of volunteers work with Operation Christmas Child every year, preparing these boxes, praying for the boxes, that God will use them in a mighty way for His glory. This little shoebox has the opportunity to change the world. Not only are they going to get a shoebox, they're going to get the love and the message of Jesus Christ. Some go by helicopter, some go by ship, some go by camel, donkeys, canoes. We go at great lengths to take these boxes to children in the most remote parts of the world, and it's an incredible journey. After these children open the box, they have the opportunity to go through the greatest journey, the 12-lesson discipleship program, where they get to learn more about Jesus Christ. Right now, I'm right outside of Mazlan, Mexico, about six hour drive up in the mountains. This is an indigenous people group, people that never heard the gospel before. The kids and the families that accepted Christ, almost a hundred altogether, have now started a church. Hemos visto una experiencia preciosa, grande, en el pueblo. Y ese pueblo va a ser el medio para llevar el evangelio a otro lugar. Que estas bendiciones que son de las cajitas, this shoebox gives us an opportunity to continue to shine the bright light of the gospel in the darkest and remote places around the world. We're seeing families come to know Jesus. Churches are sprouting up in these communities. These children are rising up to be disciples in their own country.
The gift box and the gospel of Jesus Christ bring hope to our children to bring the smiles back on their faces. No greater need and no greater time than right now for us to go out and serve boldly. This is what these shoe boxes are all about, to go out in the bring of hope of Jesus Christ around the world. I'm just so amazed at what God does each and every year. This is an opportunity to impact the lives of millions of children, just like you've seen. But we need more boxes for next year. Every box is an opportunity for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you, and God bless each and every one. How awesome was that? So now for the rest of the morning service, why don't you find some paper and markers, uh, crayons, whatever you like, and maybe draw and then color something really cool that you could put inside the shoebox. While your mom and dad are listening to the rest of the service, you can get going on putting something really neat in the shoebox. So why don't you do that? And if you don't already have a box, come to the church, pick one up, we got to send them off in the middle of November, but we got to start right now. All right, see you next week. Good day, Cedar Valley. You know, it often happens on Sunday morning. It's this marathon of madness, which doesn't really make sense because most days of the week, you're getting up earlier and, and heading out of the house earlier, but there's something about everybody trying to get ready all at the same time oh, on this one day a week. And maybe it's been your experience that in the midst of the chaos, you've yelled at the kids for fighting over absolutely nothing, um, that um, you've got angry with your spouse, you've been tempted to kick the dog, but you're all in the vehicle and you've made it to church almost on time. Nice and presentable at least on the outside. And you can walk in the door and say, here we are, aren't we wonderful? That's the Sunday morning, me. That's the part that we want to present. That's what we like people to see. But you know, it goes much deeper than our Sunday morning presentation. See, even our our social media paints almost a perfect picture of our lives. We end up showing almost a, a highlight reel of, of who we are. The perfect me, the perfect you. If only people knew the real us. You know, it's as if our life is like an iceberg. 
just a portion of our self is visible. Where about 87% of an iceberg is unseen below the waterline. And it's possible that we only present one part of ourselves. And it may be a small portion of who we really are. See, authenticity is revealing what is below the waterline. Um, how much of who we really are is, is kept unseen, at least by most of the world? Authenticity, being authentic, is being brave enough to say, if you really knew me, you would know this about me. Authentic living. How am I living a consistent, Christ-centered life with others. That's the first of our seven values that we want to be talking about over this next month and some here together at Cedar Valley. Being authentic. What, is, what does it mean to be authentic? Well, it's of undisputed origin. It's being genuine, being actual not false or copied. It's a representing of one's true nature or beliefs, being true to oneself or the person identified. We often use the term being real when we talk about authenticity. I suppose the opposite would be a phony or possibly even a hypocrite. This is what Brene Brown says about being authentic. To be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be imperfect and vulnerable. We have to believe that we are fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance just as we are. There is no better way to invite more grace gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. I think that's a great statement. It's cultivating the courage to show that we're imperfect, to be vulnerable, Believing that we are worthy in love and acceptance just who we are. We don't have to put on a show. We don't have to try to be something we are not. And it invites grace, gratitude, joy into our lives as we do that. See, authentic living allows people to see the real us. And it's almost like being authentic and living a consistent Christ 
centered life are two sides of the same coin. On one side we have, if we're brave enough, the, the real us, the, maybe the us that only a few people see. And on the other side is who we are in Christ as we give ourselves over to him and his work in our life. That we allow people to see God working within us and refining us for his glory. So what does it mean to be authentic and Christ-centered? See, an authentic life is a vulnerable life. Um, it says, this is who I really am. Authenticity says, me too. When we're listening to someone, interacting with someone, says, I can relate. It doesn't stand off and say, oh, poor you. <laughs> I would hate to be you, but when we know deep inside that we are them, like them, we're brave enough to say, yes, I felt that way, I, I feel that way as well. I've been there, I know how you feel. The authentic person has the courage to say, that really hurt. Or, I'm really struggling. Now, we don't walk around broadcasting that from the top of the hilltops, but there's times and there's moments when we, we allow ourselves to reveal who we really are. Having the courage to say what's deep inside. See, authenticity, being authentic, is not safe because it takes us to those places that are difficult. But those difficult places allow us to grow in who we are with one another in our relationships and with God. See, sharing who we really are, it, it, it liberates us. It inspires those around us. Have you ever heard someone say that, well, thanks for sharing that because you've given me courage to step out. Now I know what I need to do. Or now I know that there's somebody who is kind of like me. See, the real you isn't some crumbly, miserable jerk that says, well, just take it or leave it. That's just the way I am. Well, as believers, that's not just the way we are, we may have fallen into a default pattern that will take some work to get out of, but we have been created 
to be so much more than the ditches that we fall into. See, so our lives are so much more than a Sunday morning show kind of life. It's being honest with ourselves and with others. And that can be tough, getting real with yourself, because how much do we reveal? Well, I think we're helped with this by understanding that as we develop a Christ-centered life, it allows us to be more authentic as people. So what does it mean to be Christ-centered anyways? Well, here's just a few things. It means that we, we take care of ourselves. We heard often that Jesus separated himself from the crowd, from the busyness, from all of the activity that was so good. And he cared for himself. He rested. It means that we, we check our motives. Why are we doing what we're doing? It means that we understand that we have a high value in God's eyes. Being Christ-centered means that our life is not based on rules, but it's really based on a relationship. Living a Christ-centered life means living beyond your means. Not financially, because that would just be dumb but living in the power of the Spirit. See, there's this thing called, this person called the Holy Spirit. And he dwells within a believer. His purpose is to guide. Jesus said that he would send the Spirit to be our helper, our comforter, our guide. In John 14, 16, he said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you a counselor to be with you forever. The Greek word translated here, counselor, means one who is called alongside. It has the idea of someone who encourages, but also exhorts. Authentic living, living a Christ-centered life. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, in your relationships have the same attitude, have the same mindset as Christ. Well, what is the mindset of Christ? In just a few words, Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 8. Though he was God, Though Jesus was part of the Trinity with the Father and the Holy Spirit, creator of all, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, 
he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. See, God himself in the form of the Son, Jesus Christ, He did not have a mindset or an attitude that he had to be above all. So in our relationships, have this attitude, have this mindset that Jesus Christ had. He did not have to be the first or the best. His desire was just to be alongside. He gave up his rights And he took a humble position. What would that look like if we, in our relationships, had the same attitude, the same mindset of Jesus Christ? How, how would we be able to encourage and help and counsel and maybe sometimes exhort people in our relationships? I like the way Paul Tripp has listed what it means to be Christ-centered. He says, Christ-centered is found in four different things. It's understanding that God is our source, God is our motive, God is our goal, and God is our hope. Our source is that we have been made in the image of God. And though none of us are perfect, uh, we aspire to be Christ-like. We know our value, our worth is in God. It's not in the comments of others, the acceptance of what we do. But we are God's and we are loved. Being Christ-centered understands who we are in God's eyes. Being Christ-centered is having God as our motive. See, uh, a Christ-centered life is deeply intimate, and it's motivated by relationship, not by rules. See, our motivation is to please God. We have been created to bring glory to God. And our motives move along that stream of bringing grace into the lives of others. Christ-centered life means God is our goal. It means that Jesus gets the glory. We have been created to bring glory to Jesus. And if we have that mindset, that attitude in our relationships, that my interactions, what I say and what I do, what I don't do and what I refrain from saying, will bring glory to Jesus. That means I'm living Christ-centered. Also, God is our hope. Our, quite simply, our answer is found in Jesus, in Jesus the Christ. He is our hope for today and for tomorrow, for, forever. Our hope is found in the work. Because Jesus came, was in, obedient 
to the point of death on a cross? Let's continue on. Therefore, verse 9 of Philippians chapter 2, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. He gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Our hope is found in Jesus. And as our lives give glory to Jesus, his life gives glory to God. Being Christ-centered, living a Christ-centered life in our relationships, well, in Ephesians 4 and Colossians 4, it means that we speak the truth in love. Let our conversations always be full of grace. See, living Christ-centered gives grace to others. It allows them to be real. But it doesn't just leave them there, exposing themselves in, in that way. But we help one another move beyond what holds us back. And together can say, well, I may not have all of the answers, but together we can find them in the love of Jesus, in his word, through the grace and the love of his church. See, being authentic also means living in the moment, in the day that God created for us. Not being overly concerned about tomorrow, not worrying about tomorrow, not being concerned about what happened in the past, but celebrating who God is today, understanding that God has created this day for us. In Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In this moment, in this day, God's presence allows us to be who he has created us to be without distractions and worries and concerns of tomorrow or yesterday. He is here with us. In Matthew 6.34 we read, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. So many things can be a distraction about what if. Let's live based on what we know. God's provision, his guidance, his love, his grace. See, in a sense, don't worry about when your life will end. Let's just focus on how we live today. See, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't plan for tomorrow or consider yesterday. But Christ-centered living means that we live in the present. In the book of Luke chapter 8, Jesus, with a whole crowd of people around him, was on his way to an appointment, not just an appointment, 
but he was going to the home of a family where their daughter was deathly ill. And yet on his way, in the busyness of his day, he stopped. He paused. He sensed the need of a very desperate woman. And he stopped and he took the time to meet her need. She had been ill for years. And in that moment, he wasn't overly, his mind wasn't overly consumed or clouded by where he was going, but right there in that moment, he had time to meet the need of this woman who was so desperate. See, living today means we have time in our relationships. A.A. Milne, through his wonderful creation of Winnie the Pooh and his friends, sketched this view. What day is it? asked Pooh. Well, it's today, squeaked Piglet. My favorite day, said Pooh. Today, allow that to be your favorite day, meeting God in the moment. Because you know you are His, you are free to be yourself. You are free to be what God has created you to be through the love of Jesus. At Cedar Valley, we desire this is to be a place for all to move towards authentic living. Consistently living Christ-centered lives in our relationship. So together it can be a place where we can honestly share because we know that those here care. So journey with us as we seek to live authentic lives and to live consistently God-centered lives in our relationships. Our God, we thank you for this day right here, right now. You have created this with us in mind. God, these experiences that you allow us to have are for us. God, some of them are wonderful and joyful. And some of them are challenging. May we learn from the challenges. May we see you in all. God, may we, through you, find the courage to show who we really are. God, may we be people who will give grace and encouragement and maybe challenge when it's needed so that we can grow closer to you and closer to one another. God, may we show one another our pursuit of being Christ-centered. 
so that your church, God, and this church here at Cedar Valley, that together we would grow closer to one another, to one another and to you because we are giving ourselves to you in faith, in hope, and we're extending grace to one another. Well, thank you for your word for this time together. Continue with us as we celebrate your great love. Amen. We've got a great number of weeks ahead of us here as we continue to look at um, the values that we hold here at Cedar Valley. See you next week.